Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's been here forever. It's making them crazy. I'm scared of the woods. She's seen monsters. They can get in the house. It's very concerning. I walked into a black mass. Satanic. Then they killed the mother and the father. So bad. Secrets are buried deep here. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people. And he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavin. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her? It's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. Don't you don't go to this Amy and I have handled dozens of cases together, and we always follow one key rule. We don't discuss our findings until the very end. I interview witnesses and uncover the property's dark secrets, while Amy communicates with the dead. I'm in northern Indiana in the small town of Wabash. Amy and I were called in by a mother of three who sounded very upset on the phone. She says she has violent spirits in the house and that the spirits are targeting her children. I'm hoping Amy and I can give us some answers. Before Amy arrives, I clear the area of anything that could influence her findings. This house has a lot of photographs and children's toys. So I need to be careful to remove any leading evidence about the family living here before she begins. There is a doorway here for, for um, dead people. But I opened it and it was like endless darkness and it's a, a darkness that's layers of depression these dark black hands came out to grab me and it wanted to wrap me in it so Suzanne when I spoke to you on the phone you sounded very upset so now that I'm here why don't you explain what's going on well we've been having a lot of experiences here um, myself, my husband, my three kids. Okay, like what? Give me a for instance. Sorry. It's okay. It really gets down deep. All right. Why don't you tell me about what's going on? <sighs> Lots of stuff out of the corner of your eye. 
we've seen an apparition, footsteps, voices. I just don't want my children to be scared in their own house. And they are. I don't know how to make it better. I want them to be comfortable here in their own home. <laughs> I don't think there's a rule book on this. <laughs> no. Now, how long have you been living here? Um, about seven years. My husband's family has owned it for three generations. Okay, so do you know any of the history of the house? Um, I know that the house that was here previously burnt down in 2003. What caused the fire? Um, we really aren't sure. We know that one report said a candle. There's a lot of people around here. A lot of dead people. The people out there weren't bad people when they died, but now they are. There was three men that ran in here. There is a fire, a raging fire, and these idiots don't care. And they're supposed to be helping, but they're not gonna. Okay, Suzanne, why'd you bring me in this room? There was um, a time when I woke up in the middle of the night to a what I thought was a man's voice yelling, hey, on the baby monitor. And then she started screaming. I ran into the bedroom to get her. And that's when I walked into a black mass. OK, so what did it look like? Just a black smoke or a fog, like if you would walk into blackness. And when I walked into it, she said monster and covered her eyes. She had talked about monsters, and I didn't really believe her until that happened. There's something here. It's a big, solid black mass. And a bunch of people that are halfway in the walls, and they're see-through. Could this maybe be the portal that you were talking about? Yeah. It's been here for ever. Do you know if any of these people go into the house at all besides, like, just these walls? Yes, they, just... they can get in the house. Okay. And what about the, the, the big mass that you saw back there? It's keeping them trapped. Macy hasn't slept in this room for three years. <clears throat> One time, which was really frightening, she told me that a monster had picked her up. And did what? She was in the air, and then she was on the ground again. <laughs> and it's really scaring us to know that now Andy, our three-year-old, is seeing the same things that, you know, Macy was talking about at that same age. There was a time when we were standing in the kitchen and she started, like she was talking to somebody and she started saying, I don't want to go in the woods. I'm scared of the woods. What do you think's going on in this house? I don't know. Just, we would really like some answers. 
So is this portal dangerous to, to the living in any way? Yes. It became like a path. Okay. Like literally a path. And I feel so bad. I don't feel good here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't feel good here. Like I can't breathe and my head is dizzy. This is where the depression is. There's a lady here. She rules this structure. People do see her. It would be like a white mist, you know? Uh, and a movement, because she's always moving. She has a, a weird uh, sense of humor. Like she'd make somebody trip and fall. And she'd think that's hilarious. BJ, I was talking to your wife, and she mentioned that you actually grew up on this property your whole life. Yes, I am the third generation to live out here. I would love and chance to hand it down to my kids, but I don't want to hand it down the way it is right now. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on? The thing that's happened with the kids, first it was Macy. She's the oldest, and when she was about three, she started saying that she's seen monsters and ghosts and that the ghosts were white and the monsters were black. I thought it was kind of odd, but now that Andy is three, Andy has said the same thing. And now I got a one-year-old son, and I'm just worried, is he going to see the same thing? Are they experiencing anything else? Yes. Almost every night we hear footsteps, and that's throughout the entire upstairs. Was anybody up here? No. It's starting to get very concerning. In this room, we had something that would mimic what was being said. So whatever you guys are talking about, something's... Repeating it. Like a parrot? Yes. Okay. I want my children to be able to grow up happy and have a normal childhood and feel safe in their home where they don't have to worry about monsters. This lady, she is able to manipulate sound waves. Like, she can make it sound like there's a lot of people uh, walking or in a room, uh, but there's really not. So she can make noise, noise. I do feel like people see her, though. Like, the younger people in the house. Uh -huh. she's, she'll try to hear them breathing, and, you know, she's very smothering, you know. She wants to make clear that she's a protector. Why do you say that, like? Because she thinks that the adults here are satanic. This is by far the most uncomfortable room for me. Why? When I'm laying here, every once in a while I can catch a shadow, run past the door. Now let me ask you a question. You got big windows here. Could it be 
from cars or trucks coming up the road? I seriously doubt it. Anything else in this room? Yes. I got up in the morning to get ready for work, and it's not uncommon for Andy, our middle child, to come in sometime in the middle of the night and climb in bed with us. So as I'm getting up, I see a little blonde-haired girl laying in bed. So I just think it's Andy. She came in, so I cover her up with the covers, go get ready, come back out, get ready to leave for work, and I asked my wife where Andy was. She said that Andy slept in her room all night. BJ, has anything else happened? Yes. I was laying in bed. Okay. As I was laying there, I felt like something came up and grabbed my arm like this. Hard? Hard. Were you in bed alone? Yes. There's no one there. Nothing. This lady, she has so much control over this house. <laughs> so she's a pious, she says. She thinks that the reason why she's still here mm-hmm. is to do God's work. I don't think she likes uh, some people in the house. She feels they're satanic. She has to protect because they're unholy people. She's talking about somebody having or either they've had or they're gonna gonna have a near-death experience. That'll bring them closer to God. Is that somebody that's living or someone that's here now? It's a male that she really wants to do this to. It's obvious that BJ and Suzanne are experiencing a lot, but they don't seem to know much about the property they're living on. So my first stop is to the town archivist. She says she found something that may be really interesting to my case. So, Heather, what were you able to find out about the property I'm investigating? Uh, well, in my research, I found that Maggie and Edwin Williams were the first white settlers. What do you mean, white settlers? Well, the land was actually owned by a Miami Indian tribe. Okay. So what can you tell me about the Williamses? They were devout Christians. They were Presbyterians. Uh, They were active in their their small church. There was a small schoolhouse nearby. The kids would go to school there. They could, you know, worship there. How many kids did they have? They had six. Had anybody from the family actually die on the property? Yeah, actually, Edwin, the father, he died uh, first. Here's his obit. He was a young guy. He was. He was about 40. So it looks like he died of pneumonia? That's right, yeah. He, that was very common back in those days. Okay, so he has a wife and six kids. How, how did they make out? Uh, not very well, because about six weeks later, Maggie died too, and here's her obit. You're kidding me. Nope. She was a young woman. Yeah, she was. She's about 38. And according to this, she died of heart disease. Well, allegedly. What do you mean, allegedly? Well, I think she died of a broken heart. As far as the depression, uh, it's pretty bad. Well, she has this depression from losing her family. I think because her husband died, she's probably like 32, 33. She's alone. She was alone. When I bring up the death of loved ones, this religious lady gets very angry. She feels like she's let her family down and she won't let it happen again. She wants to make clear that she's a protector. I think she feels like she failed. I think she'd like to raise the kids. 
Heather says the property I'm investigating used to be owned by Native Americans. I'm on my way to meet with a local member of the Miami tribe. He says his people's time on BJ and Suzanne's property was filled with heartbreak. Now, I understand that the property I'm investigating, the Miami tribe actually owned it at some point. The first person it was ever allotted to, his name was Pokwa Godfrey. He was the son of the last war chief, Chief Francis Godfrey of the Miami Indians. And, uh, you know, I got a picture of his father, Chief Francis Godfrey, right here. And, as a matter of fact, he was my fourth great uncle. So, John, what can you tell me about Pokwa? Pokwa was pretty rowdy. He had a temper. He used to drink quite a bit. Pokwa was living in a time where their land was being took. The 1938 treaty with the United States government called for the removal of the Miamis from the state of Indiana. And it shows them putting the Miamis at gunpoint. They took them and moved them 750 miles away from their homelands to Kansas. And uh, a lot of them perished the first winter after they got there. Did Pokwa die on the property? He fell off a horse and they said he broke his neck. Okay. Okay. Ah, like, this shouldn't be here. Ah, we've got a griper. Native American. She doesn't like it. She is pissed about this building. The ground was sacred to Native Americans. When you bury your dead there, and you think, oh, that's good. Like, the tainted... You think it's good ground, but it's not good ground. The people go and bury their dead people there, and it brings them back, but they're all mental. This isn't good. And it's because of that black mass thing. How do you think the living might experience these black mass? A definite feeling of intimidation, a sense of overwhelming dread, fear, so far, I've got a family that's being terrorized by unexplained activity and a property connected to a lot of Native American suffering. But I need to see if there's anything else. Digging through the archives, I'm shocked to discover a mass murder that took place in the 1850s. Turns out, this violent crime happened directly adjacent to my client's property. I've worked countless murder scenes, but this is one of the most gruesome crimes I've ever come across an entire family bludgeoned to death. I'm heading over to meet with the county historian, just a mile away from where the murders took place. He tells me it's the worst massacre in the history of Wabash. So, Ron, why do you want to meet here? This cabin is very similar to the one that the French family was brutally murdered in. The French family consisted of mom and dad and, and their five children. Out of the goodness of their heart, they invited in to live with them another family that were even in poorer circumstances than themselves, uh, John and Sarah Hubbard and their son Richard. And uh, later on, things came to a head between the family. Uh, they had not been getting along too well to begin with. John Hubbard and his wife Sarah decided to dispose of the French family. Using a small hammer, they bashed in the heads of the sleeping five children, and then they killed the mother and the father, uh, also with the same hammer, and buried them underneath the floor of the cabin. I'm seeing a graveyard. In the graveyard, somebody threw an antique shovel at me and told me to start digging. 
And there were these little mounds, at least six mounds, three on each side. I think that those little mounds are bones. And there is a dead person who committed murder in a weird way. Secrets and scandals are buried deep here. What was the break in the case? The break in the case was another murder. Edward Boyle, he was about 45 to 50 years old. He was a laborer on the railroad that they were putting in through Wabash County at that time. We know he had some kind of education, and we know that he had about three to $500 saved from working on the railroad. Back then, the um, average man made about $300 a year, and John Hubbard struck up his acquaintance, and they became friends, and John offered him a place to stay. After that, Edward Boyle disappears. There's this guy. Very, very rich. He didn't know a lot of people here. And then he went missing. I felt like he was going on a business meeting. And then he just disappeared. It was set up. Oh, I'm going to say he was murdered. Hubbard is seen in town spending a lot of money, money that he had never had before. And Boyle is gone. Detectives put two and two together. They come looking for Hubbard and start talking to him. Now, what was the cause of death for Boyle? He had been bludgeoned to death and that he had been stabbed. How far was the body found from the property I'm investigating? About a half mile or less. Okay, so how is that murder tie into the murders of the French family? One day, Mrs. Hubbard decided to visit her husband. While he was in jail facing charges on that murder, he asked his wife, how's the family under the floor? And it just happened to be that there were two detectives sitting out there listening. And from that, they decided to come to the house. So now what happens to Hubbard? Hubbard is uh, tried, found guilty, and he's hung. Now what happened to the wife? She spends the rest of her life in jail. There were several entities that stood out during my walk. But what has me the most concerned is the portal in the basement. One of these walls had like a tiny little pathway coming out of the wall. Halfway out of the wall are two men. They were translucent. Is this what you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we are ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I want to introduce you to BJ and Suzanne. They've lived here for about eight years. They've been experiencing stuff ever since they moved in, but basically dealt with it. Key thing that changed now is they have three beautiful children, and two of the older ones are experiencing things that make them so scared they don't even want to stay in the house. With that, I'm going to ask Amy to tell us about her walk and uh, see if we can find out what's going on. So one thing that I got was inside the house, and it was a female. And she is very, very religious. She believes that this house is her domain. Her husband died. Uh, she has a huge amount of depression surrounding his death. 
And she also felt like she let down her children. She looked like she was in her early 30s. Well, it's interesting you say that because the first white settlers to live on your property were a young couple, uh, Edward and Margaret Williams. He died at the age of 40 of pneumonia. Oh. Five to six weeks later, she dies. She died at the age of 38. She had six children. According to the obituary, she dies of heart disease. Her emotion does spill out into the house, like her emotional state, which is really severe depression. Several years ago, BJ had a really bad bout of depression. Very bad. And, and it took a couple of years for him to come up out of it. The dead will influence the living. Well, I think she really loved her husband. She probably felt guilt for leaving the children, and she's always watching you guys. You do not have privacy here. If people do see her, it would be more like a white mist. Macy, when she was three, would tell us that monsters are black and ghosts are white. And now our three-year-old has told me just recently, monsters are black and ghosts are white. Ooh. Almost every night we hear footsteps upstairs on the loft. She can mess with sound waves. What kind of things would she be able to make them hear? People walking around, a lot of people talking, someone talking. Macy was upstairs, and she told us that a monster picked her up. When the kids are seeing this white thing, do you think it's her? Yeah, that's how she would appear. But I don't think she's the one lifting them up. That's something else. I know what the woman, the white mist, wants. She actually wants to protect the children. She might come across as smothering. She's felt that you guys were satanic. Well, let me ask you a question flat out. You guys religious? Go to church? You don't go to church? We don't. No, we don't go to church. The whole thing is, is when you get religious zealots, mm. they believe that it's their way or no way. And she was extreme in her belief system. And she really does have her sights set on you in particular. She feels like she's here to lead you to God. That's her mission. And you in particular, she feels the only way she can do that with you is a near-death experience. What else did you see? Outside, I saw a graveyard. Uh, there were a bunch of mounds, like six of them. And so someone threw me a uh, antique shovel and told me to start digging. I think that those little mounds are bones. And there is a dead person who committed murder in a weird way. I kept hearing somebody say that scandals and secrets lie deep here. Well, I don't know if it's what you saw, but uh, one of the things I came across is back in 1854, 
There was a family by the name of French, and they took in this couple called the Hubbards and their son. So what the Hubbards wind up doing is basically one night they got up and they beat them to death with hammers. What? It's two parents and five children. Oh my gosh. They dug out a shallow grave underneath um, this tiny shack they lived in, and they buried them on top of each other. It's it's probably one of the worst murders I've I've come across, and I've seen everything. So out back, I saw this man, and he wasn't from this town, and he had just kind of come here. He didn't really know anybody, and then he went missing, and he was laying in a very shallow grave, and uh, I knew he was murdered. That's incredible. Uh, there was a guy named Edward Boyle, came here to work on the railroads. John Hubbard befriended this guy. Next thing you know, he goes missing. They actually found Edward Boyle stabbed and beaten and thrown into a shallow grave right off the river here. It's ironic how Hubbard gets caught for the French murders because he's in jail for the Edward Boyle murder. And his wife comes to visit him. He says to her, hey, how are those seven people doing underneath the cabin? This is overheard by a jailer who puts two and two together and says that whole family disappeared. They send some authorities out there, and as soon as they get towards the cabin, they can smell death. He wound up getting hung. What about his wife? She died in jail. The murderers of the French family would have never been caught had it not been for the murder of Edward Boyle. So how'd the rest of your walk go, would you say? The next thing was I, I came into contact with this Native American lady. And um, she was just going off about, you know, how this was like once sacred ground. And um, now it's become very tainted. Now, your land was owned at one time by the Miami tribe. Actually, your property itself was owned by a guy named Francis. He was the chief of the Miami tribe here. His son, uh, Pokwa, owned your land. Now, I spoke to one of his descendants. And he described Pokwa as a feisty type of guy, he liked to drink, he was a boozer. He did not like the white man whatsoever. As far as I can tell, they had pretty good reason. I'll tell you why. When the government came in, they basically took the Miami tribe, put them on canal boats, and shipped them off to Kansas. They called it the Great Removal. Now, I have a picture of how it looked back then. Oh, man. Okay. What's that? No, I think I figured something out. Makes sense. Because, okay, this is what else I saw was, uh, I saw about 20 people. They weren't bad in life, but now that they're dead, they're twisted. And um, they're being held by a huge black mass. And now I'm thinking it might have been Pokwa. But what's, what's, he, what's he doing with them, though, or this mass? He just, I don't know, he screws them up mentally, and he just has them trapped. He, he, Is it to torture them or to use them? Both. When I went into the basement, there's a pathway that the dead can use to come in and out of your house. And the people can, and so can the black mass. They can travel back and forth. And these dead people can be dangerous and have very bad intentions. 
Talking about Black Mass, listen to this story. One night, uh, her daughter was actually crying. She went up to get her out of the bedroom. And, and <clears throat> when I carried her back into our bedroom, all of a sudden there was this blackness. And she then, like, covered her eyes and said, monster. And I knew it was what she saw, because I saw it, too. I did sketch a scene of it. Wow. It's a pathway for the dead. And this huge, huge black mass. I think that a lot of the dead here, they kind of get sucked in the pathway. Unfortunately, it seems to be a pathway that attracts people who don't understand what's happened to them. I mean, are these the, the people that are talking to my kids? Yes. They're going to go for them because they're so open. I know this is a lot of information for you guys. The big question is, are your kids safe here? Is it safe for you guys to stay here and raise those children? Um, I can't answer that, but uh, hopefully Amy can. You love this place, right? This is sacred land for you. Yes. And you treat it with respect and love. So the first thing I want you to do is to find a deacon who can come here and do a blessing for Margaret, the pious woman, and for you guys, and for the house, and for the children. This is going to make her very happy because you are embracing her faith in some respect. So have him come and do that, a house blessing, and tell her it's okay to go. She can go now. She needs to go to her children and her husband. The second thing you need to do is to seal the pathway. You can't close it, but you can seal it up. You're going to take two things that completely seal the dead out. And that's tar water and brick dust. So I'm gonna give that to you and we'll do the, that. Tar water and brick dust are ancient medicines often used in ritualistic practices. When used properly, they can stop the dead from entering a location. Now, the last thing you need to do is deal with Pokwa. You're gonna have to go to the Miami tribe and explain what's going on. This is something I think that the tribe today would not want to see happening. He's become evil. We don't want, you know, this legacy of hate to continue. And you're going to ask them to send a medicine man to come and have a chat with his elder. Will this get rid of him? Yes. Okay. It's coming from his ancestors. So the ultimate question is, once they do all this, do you think they'll be okay? Will these guys be able to raise their kids here safely? Yes. Okay. You look like the most relieved mother I've ever seen. <laughs> I think she is. Now you can pass this land and this house onto your children mm -hmm. without worrying about it. I really hope BJ and Suzanne follow my advice and deal with the evil that's terrorizing their family. With the help of a medicine man and the tools I've given them, 
they should be able to free their home of the darkness that surrounds it.